A very good morning to you all and a very warm welcome to each one of you, whether you're joined with us here in the church building or following us online. You're all very welcome. May the Lord draw near to bless us and help us. Let us bring our praise to God as we turn to Psalm 145, the second version on page 444. O Lord, Thou art my God and King, Thee will I magnify and praise. I will Thee bless and gladly sing unto Thy holy name always. Each day I rise, I will thee bless, and praise thy name time without end. Much to be praised, and great God is, his greatness none can comprehend. O Lord, thou art my God and King.
Now let us bow together in prayer. Let us pray. Our loving Father in heaven, as we have sung our opening psalm, we have addressed you as Lord, as God, and as King, for that is what you are. You are the Lord of heaven and earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. We bless you for creating us, and we thank you for gifting to us this lovely sunny day. We thank you that we address you as God. We worship you as the only living and true God. Who is a God like unto thee? Who is like thee among the gods? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. We thank you that you are a God of mercy and it's only because of your mercy that we are not consumed. We thank you that you are a God of grace. Oh, we do marvel afresh this day at the grace extended to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that you are a God of justice. There is so much injustice in the world. But we thank you that we can trust you as the God who always does right. And you are our King. You are the King of all the earth. And you sit enthroned as king forever. And so we pray that you would help us that we might truly worship you as Lord, as God, as king. Help us not to withhold anything from you that is due to your great and glorious name. Send your Holy Spirit upon us afresh and help us that we might truly fulfill the purpose for which we are gathered together to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. What we pray for ourselves gathered here in the church building or watching online We pray for those who cannot join with us. We ask, Lord, that you would be near and very dear to them today. Lord, bring a Sabbath morning's blessing to them wherever they are, whatever their situation. Draw near to meet with them and to bless them. We pray, Lord, for those who are careless and indifferent concerning your name. 
concerning the worship of your name. Lord, have mercy upon them. Whatever they are doing, Lord, draw near to convict them that they are disregarding you. They are failing to keep your word. And Lord, we pray that you would create in them a new and a clean heart that will seek after the Lord our God. Remember, Lord, we pray those who are ill, those who are laid aside, and whether they be at home or in hospital, draw near to them, we pray. And Lord, we pray for everywhere throughout our land where your people meet together in true worship. Follow with your blessing all that is said, all that is done in your name. Bless the faithful preaching of your truth and magnify your name. Forgive our every sin, for they are many. We have sinned against you in thought, in word and deed. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Renew a right spirit within us and help us to truly meet with you. And all this we pray in the name and for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to say a word to the boys and girls and young people. And the first thing I want to say to you, I want you to understand this, that you are very, very welcome. I hope you got a good welcome as you came into the church, that you weren't ignored just because you were young. You are important. And the congregation here appreciates your presence. And I hope you will always, even when you grow up and get older, you will always go to church and you will always give worship to God. You are important because you are the future of the church. We often hear that. Young people are the future of the church. Look around you, boys and girls and young people. See the adults. See the older people. Things will not always be the same. Things are bound to change. We all get older. And if the older people are trusting in Jesus... One day he will take them one by one to heaven to be with him forever and forever. It's important that you trust in Jesus and older people trust in Jesus as well. For he is the only way into heaven. So later on today... Check with your mum and dad, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, 
check with them, ask them, are they trusting in Jesus? I remember as a boy, around your age, I loved on school summer holidays when my grandfather would take me to go with him to his work in his office. And that wasn't really exciting. I used to read ships' magazines. I used to look at calendars on the wall that were pictures of ice hockey teams, but I wasn't really interested in ice hockey. And worst of all, sometimes my grandfather would get me to do arithmetic. No calculators in those days, ready reckoners and ledgers, and he would get me to tot up, add up figures in his books, and then he would give me a scrap piece of paper to write down the total. Oh, I didn't like that. But what I did love, he employed a van driver for his business. And I loved when I was invited to go out with Barney, the van driver, because we went to all kinds of exciting places. We used to go to the abattoir. We used to go to the wholesale vegetable and fruit market. We used to go to ice storage place. We went to all different kinds of exciting places. But best of all, I loved when we went to the docks. And I was allowed to get on board the ship with Barney. I remember one day on a very large ship and I was up on the deck and the ship's captain was there and he said to the van driver who is this young boy and Barney said oh that's the boss's grandson and I was worried why he was asking about me I thought he might say you're too young you're too small to be on this large ship but he didn't then he said come over to me and hold out your hand and I thought oh he's going to handcuff me because I knew even at that young age that ships captains have great powers on their ships but he didn't he put his hand in his pocket and I thought well here comes the handcuffs but he took out his hand and into my hand he put a pile of coins of change loose change and I was so excited very different change coins from what we have now there were farthings there were half pennies there were pennies there were what we call threepence three pennies 
And there were shillings and half crowns. And I remember looking at them and seeing all different heads of kings or queens on them. I'm not sure if there were heads of the head of Queen Elizabeth II, but I know that there was definitely King George VI, King George V, King Edward VII, and even I remember pennies with Queen Victoria's head on it. Now those all have gone. Those all have changed. When I was at school, the headmaster said to us, you have got to learn decimalization. Because he said, it is coming. What we had in those days of those old coins were pounds, shillings and pence. LSD. Now it is just pounds and pence. And there was a great change in 1971, I think, to decimalization. And that is a change. But change not only means the loose coins in our pocket or in our purse. It means also making something very different. And we are told in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And it's only the Lord Jesus who can change us inwardly, who can change our hearts, who can make us fit for the kingdom of heaven. And I trust you, boys and girls, and your parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, your family circle, are all trusting Jesus to make such a difference in your life. We sing from Psalm number 99 on page 360. Sorry, page 361. And we sing the first five verses. The eternal Lord doth reign as king, let all the people quake. He sits between the cherubim, let the earth be moved and shake. The Lord in Zion, great and high above all people is, thy great and dreadful name, for it is holy, let them bless. The eternal Lord doth reign as king.
Let us read God's Word as it is recorded for us in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Paul's first letter to Timothy, the 6th chapter. Let us hear the Word of God. Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better, since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these things we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many enemies. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained, and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. 
He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honour and eternal dominion. Amen. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, that storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. And the Lord bless to us this reading of his word. Let us again turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious God and eternal Father, we thank you for the privilege of engaging in prayers of intercession. We pray, Lord, that you would hear us and bless us and help us as we come before you. We thank you for the success of the coronation yesterday. We thank you that it passed off without incident. And we do thank you for the great joy that it brought to so many people those who were privileged to attend and to watch it live, and those who were able to follow it on television. This morning, Lord, we pray your blessing upon our new king, King Charles III. Lord, help him in the vows that he made yesterday. He made them before his people, but he made them before you. Oh, help him, assist him by your Holy Spirit, that he will be true and faithful to the vows that he made. Bless all the royal family. Like any ordinary family, they are not without their troubles, their trials, their difficulties. Lord, draw near to them individually and help them to live out their lives before you. We pray for ourselves. We pray for our minister. And we ask, Lord, that you would bless a Farker on holiday. Refresh him in body, mind and spirit. 
and bring him back to us, we pray, refreshed, reinvigorated, ready to continue his God-given task of proclaiming the word. And Lord, we pray that he will return in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Lord, help us in our individual lives. Help us, as Paul exhorted Timothy, to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Help us to fight the good fight of faith and most importantly to take hold of the eternal life to which you have called. Lord, we pray that as we turn to your word you will help us and guide us and bless us and do us abundant good. For all we pray is in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We further sing to God's praise from Psalm 24 on page 230, commencing to sing at the verse Mark 7 and singing to the end of the psalm. Ye gates lift up your heads on high, ye doors that last for aye, be lifted up that so the King of glory enter may. But who of glory is the King? The mighty Lord is this, in that same Lord that great in might and strong in battle is. Psalm 24 verse 7, ye gates lift up your heads on high.
Esther and I have a very good friend in Northern Ireland, a retired Baptist pastor, now well into his 90s, and a godly, godly man if ever there was one. He used to call into our home on a Sunday evening. He would be preaching on the shores, the county Antrim shores of Belfast Loch, and he lived on the county down shores of the same loch, so he had quite a journey to get back to his retirement home. We enjoyed many times of fellowship. Sometimes I didn't always agree with him. But I did agree with him when he said that Esther made, made the best coffee in the business. We used to put the church to right. We compared the Baptist church with the Presbyterian church. There was one thing that concerned him. He was concerned with the young preachers coming through the Baptist Bible College and entering the Baptist ministry. He said too many of them speak of God, too much about God, and not enough about Jesus. And he said, James, make sure your preaching is always Christ-centered. Don't be afraid to mention Jesus and to mention Jesus regularly. Well, I am fulfilling that today. Because my text is 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 15. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, King of kings and Lord of lords. And this sermon today is all about Jesus. No one else. Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. This King has the highest title. I'm not sure how many titles, honours that King Charles held or now holds. Here are some of them. Duke of Cornwall, Duke of Rothsey, I love that title. Earl of Carrick, Baron of Renfrew, Lord of the Isles, Prince and Great Steward of Scotland, Prince of Wales, Duke of Edinburgh, Head of the Commonwealth, Defender of the Faith, Sovereign of the Most Noble Order of the Garter. Some of them have now been passed on to other members of the royal family. And the prefix that Charles used to have as HRH, His Royal Highness, now has been superseded by His Majesty. 
And that's only to mention the UK titles. He is also greatly decorated and highly esteemed with many titles from the Commonwealth. And they give their allegiance to King Charles III. But even if we could gather all these titles that Charles III either held or now holds, if we could gather all the ones from the UK with all those from the Commonwealth, and if we were to add to them the titles and the honours of other kings or queens of the world, and amalgamate them all together into one, they would fall miserably short of this title of King Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The king has a certain amount of power. But ever since the Bill of Rights of 1689, the monarch has lost most of their power, which was taken over by Parliament. But Jesus, King Jesus, is the Almighty God. His power is limitless. Are you trusting him? With the loss of power comes the loss of authority. Now, King Charles III does have a certain degree of authority. But again, it's limited. But... Listen to what Jesus said before sending out his disciples to preach the gospel. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. There's no one else, no one else on earth, either king or queen, either President or Prime Minister who has all authority in heaven and on earth. But let this cheer your hearts this morning. King Jesus has all power, all authority. Oh, let us trust him more and more. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords demands allegiance and loyalty. Are you giving it to him? Are you giving to King Jesus that which is due to him? This King has an unequaled title secondly 
This king has an eternal kingdom. Well, no king would be worth very much without a kingdom. One day, every earthly king will have to relinquish his kingdom. Time rolls on. Time brings changes. Things do not remain the same. Charles one day will have to relinquish his kingdom to Prince William, his successor. Not so with King Jesus. Remember what Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar concerning God? His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion endures from generation to generation. I was struck as I observed some of the coronation television yesterday of the succession of the monarchy. We greatly loved Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, we would have loved if she had reigned over us forever. But that was not possible. And in God's time and in God's will, she had to lay down her crown. She had to lay down her scepter. She had to hand over to her son and heir, King Charles III. But God's kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, is an eternal kingdom. The psalmist also speaks about God's kingdom being everlasting. In Psalm 45 and Psalm 145. And Jesus himself in his earthly ministry in the Gospels, it is recorded for us that very regularly he spoke about the kingdom of heaven and urged people to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He explicitly said in John 18 and 36, My kingdom is not of this world. And in Revelation 11 and 15, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. The kingdom of King Jesus is an everlasting kingdom. 
The two things I want to say about the kingdom of heaven, about King Jesus' kingdom. Two further things before I leave this point. King Jesus himself said, Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. May I kindly, gently, but firmly ask you, are you seeking it? Are you really seeking the kingdom of God? Oh, there is so much, of course there's so much on earth we have to attend to. But are you really seeking the kingdom of God? Are you really seeking it first? Has it got top priority? Does everything else fall behind this? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? And the second point, have you entered it? Have you by faith by grace have you entered the kingdom of King Jesus his everlasting kingdom now let's be very very clear about this you either have or you haven't there is no middle ground you're not halfway in and halfway out you're either in the kingdom or you're outside the kingdom have you entered in the way is open the way is clear the way is plain Jesus said no one comes to the father except by me you know the way and if you haven't already entered in when are you going to when we don't know what a day may bring forth we don't know what an hour may hold for us and if Jesus is such a a wonderful sovereign and such a great king and such a loving God why have you not already entered in This King, King Jesus, has an unparalleled title. This King has an eternal kingdom. And thirdly, this King is coming again. Jesus has ascended to sit on the right hand of God the Father. He is coming again when he receives the command from his Father to return to earth to bring his people home. 
It's very clear that Jesus is returning. Scripture mentions it again and again. Indeed, it was part of our reading. Verse 14. To keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time, he who is the blessed and only sovereign King of kings and Lord of lords. The great theologian, preacher and writer A.W. Tozer once said that the return of Jesus Christ is the lost jewel of the Christian church. I'm glad of this opportunity. I'm not forcing it. It's there in our reading. It's preceding the title of King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad to be able to address this, that Jesus is coming again. Yesterday, indeed probably for a few days, so many people camped out along the mile, the mall just to get a glimpse of the king just to see him and of course the BBC interviewed some and oh they were just so thrilled oh it was just so worth the wait just to see him I'll never forget it as long as I live and all the rest of how wonderful it was just to see the king. When King Jesus comes in the clouds and with great glory, the Bible tells us every eye shall see him. Every eye shall see him. What a day that will be. When his own people see him and see him face to face. And we were never ever nearer the coming of Jesus again than we are at this moment in time. Almost one o'clock on Sunday the 7th of May time is running out time is getting shorter the coming of the Lord draws ever nearer with each passing hour are you ready are you ready for the coming of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Are you waiting prayerfully? Are you watching? Not worriedly, but watching eagerly 
And are you working fervently so that when Jesus comes again, he will not find us idle and empty-handed? He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, He has the highest title. He has an everlasting kingdom. And he is coming again. May the Lord plant his word in our minds and in our hearts. Let us pray. Father, we bless you for your word and we thank you how it reveals King Jesus to us. Oh, help us without exception to trust him, to fully trust him, and to trust him now. So bless your truth and seal your word for your name's sake. Amen. We sing in closing the last three verses of Psalm 72 on page 314. His name forever shall endure, last like the sun it shall. Men shall be blessed in him, and blessed all nations shall him call. His name forever shall endure. to the King Eternal.
immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.